Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a 114-106 Nuggets win in Chicago, but a game that uh, <laughs> took on a life of its own for the wrong reason. And uh, we'll get to that here in just a second. Hopefully you guys are doing fantastic. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, hello. If you're not and you're listening um, on DenverSports.com or wherever you get your podcast, you can check us out, the visual version there. Uh, as we are slowly inching towards our uh, brand new studio being completed. And I really look forward to uh, what that's going to look like. In the meantime, we'll hang out here and let's just take a dive right into it, guys. Um, You know, with the nature of um, now doing these uh, on uh, scheduled dates, Tuesdays and Thursdays, a lot of times our um, immediate reaction has to wait about 24 hours. Um, just because we're scheduled on all these social platforms and whatnot, where in the past we'd be reacting like the day after a game. And oftentimes it works like that anyway. But uh, here, reacting to the night uh, or um, the game two nights ago, on Tuesday night, uh, and at the time of recording, it is Thursday, uh, Denver goes into Chicago. Um, The game will be remembered for really one thing and one thing only. Um, We talk about these footnote um, wins and losses through the long a course of an NBA season, this will stick out. This will be remembered. Uh, there's no question about it because of what happened with Nikola Jokic and um, the NBA official who tossed him out after a game or uh, uh, after tossed him out out of the game. Excuse me, after one tech in something that I have quite literally never seen before. Like how often times? Serious question. How often times do you watch an NBA game? where you see something that you've never seen. That's, that's what happened on Tuesday night uh, in the United Center. I watch NBA basketball, not just Nuggets, all the time. Like, transi- transitioned um, uh, after that game on Tuesday night into a, a league pass late night. Uh, uh, was it uh, the, um, uh, I think there was a Clippers game after that. Anyway, regardless, you know, I'm watching NBA basketball. I love it. Um, it goes beyond Denver, and I have literally, in my probably some 36, probably 20 years uh, straight of watching the NBA closely uh, since I was a teenager, 15, 16, really falling head over heels in love with the game. I can't remember any uh, single tech ejection that was less uh, demonstrative than Jokic's uh, challenging of the official on his way back on defense in Chicago. It was... Absurd, um, and and when I'm watching the game, I'm controlling myself uh, uh, to going on Twitter and, and cursing like like I wanted to. But this this official, who's a younger official, okay, Musa Dagger, um, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, just uh, was too thin skinned. There's no two ways for me to slice it other than that. He got sensitive in the moment, and the accusation, depending on who you listen to, and it was picked up by people sitting courtside. Whether Jokic said, "Call the foul." MFR or call the MF and foul. Um, neither of those two things warrant an ejection. You could actually build the case. And guys, I have been sitting uh, down close to these games. You hear guys mic'd up. Um, this is how these guys talk. 
I don't know what to tell you if you don't like it. It's how they talk on a possession-by-possession basis, okay? And you could actually make an argument that if um, if Jokic said, call the bleep and foul, a lot of times that's literally not a technical, okay? And we've seen it. And Draymond Green, who I want to talk about here in just a couple minutes, uh, who's completely out of control, um, like he has said that two officials' faces with spit flying in their eyes and not been kicked out of a game. Uh, Kevin Garnett was another one who could berate officials. Shoot, we've seen LeBron and Jordan and Kobe uh, uh, using language like that directly into a, a, an official's face and stay in the game. So why on earth would this young official think in real time that it was okay to eject the MVP of the league, no less? And it shouldn't even be like that. It, it, you should not get ejected if you're Contavious Caldwell-Pope in that moment, Okay. So the fact that Jokic, who isn't getting the foul anyway, like if you unpack it further, and he isn't getting the, uh, uh, a whistle that you would think an MVP would get, but it's doubly bad where the officials would be so thin-skinned that he would be removed from a game after one technical on Serbian night in Chicago, which one of the largest Serbian pop- populations um, uh, in, in the world, it's, and certainly here in America. And I forget whether we talked about it here on the last episode or uh, on my radio show, The Drive, on 104.3 The Fan, is that um, we, we've seen this repeatedly in Chicago. They kind of build this night around Jokic, where people bring the flags and it's, it's Serbian stuff at halftime, and this is a thing in Chicago. And the lack of bandwidth for this official to understand the context of what he was about to do is ridiculous. And the, 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 I have never seen a hometown crowd boo an officiating crew for tossing out a visiting player. They cheer that stuff 10 out of 10 times. And so literally, you know, again, file that under something I've never seen. And then furthermore, if you were watching the Chicago broadcast with, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Not Amin Al-Hassan, um, uh, uh, Adam Amin, who also calls NFL games. He's the full-time um, Bulls uh, play-by-play guy. He and his partner, and forgive me, I, I, I don't know who it is, um, they're, they're like, are you kidding me? What an absolute joke. And so I was embarrassed, actually, for the league on Tuesday night. And I'm certainly embarrassed for that official. He had to have regret it. And if he didn't regret it after the smoke settled, the NBA is not a place for him. Okay? This is a big boys league. And I'm not saying it's okay to talk to someone, scream in someone's face, but he wasn't even in his face. Did he use, a, a, you know, quote-unquote crude or vulgar language? Yeah, he did. Did he deserve a, a technical foul? Sure. Give it to him. Um, but an ejection was just so way too heavy-handed. It was absurd. I hated it. And in a league that um, quite literally changed the structure of their season awards to have a game limit to prevent stars from missing games and hurting fans who have paid to see them to watch an official who represents the NBA take a star off the court in that situation for that, it, it just adds another layer of embarrassment. I thought it was a really bad night for the NBA. Um, and, um, yeah, it speaks to um, it speaks to the continuous uh, lack of respect for Jokic, which we thought would change after the Nuggets won a championship. It hasn't. Okay? Just, and that's, I'm talking about just from uh, getting the foul calls that he deserves. Okay? And by the way, this is, I think, the longest we've ever spent on uh, officiating in, in six years of doing this podcast, six seasons of doing this podcast. I don't think we've, because I don't like talking about officials because I believe everything comes out in the wash. All right. So I don't sit there and dwell, but this was, this was a rare exception. All right. And um, 
the lack of respect is 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 obvious. But also, Jokic is actually a layer beyond that. Is it feels like he has a bit of a toxic relationship with these NBA officials. A lot of them, and the the, the one that is the lower hanging fruit is Tony Brothers, of course, the long history there. But it's not just that. And you think about the way that Jokic has been ejected from some playoff games and um, got tossed out against the the, the Pistons earlier in the season. And um, he's created a bit of a reputation for himself. And that's not good. Like So so moving beyond this clown behavior from this official, um, just Jokic moving forward, it's something to keep an eye on. He needs to dial it back because for the, 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 the lack of respect and the previous uh, somewhat toxic history between him and NBA officials, it's now like a game day storyline that we need to keep our eye on, and that's unfortunate. And he can, Jokic, he can help himself in that regard. He needs to have better control, okay, even despite not getting the whistle that he deserves. Both things are true at the exact same time. He's got to do a better job of composing himself. So this is now a, a couple times. Okay, and we shouldn't see it for a third time this season. It wouldn't shock me if it's Jokic's new mantra and new mission to literally not say anything to officials. He did a better job at this at the start of last year, I think it was, because it's been an issue for years. Um, And uh, he's got to he's got to stay proactive uh, on that. Um, Okay, Uh, I think that's everything I want to say about that situation. Actually, one more Um, because this was so flagrant and obvious that it shouldn't have happened, that everyone in the moment recognizes it. The, the Chicago home crowd, the Chicago home announcers, everyone with a, a set of eyes and an actively working brain. Because it was so egregious, I thought Michael Malone missed a massive opportunity. In fact, um, not only did I think he missed an opportunity, I think he actually handled it the wrong way. After the game, he was joking about it. And like openly joking about, hey, Jokic got kicked out. We won. That's all that matters. And no, that's not all that matters because this is now a theme moving forward that we need to keep our eye on. And I thought it was a real missed opportunity for him to absolutely lose his mind and draw a line in the sand that draws even more attention to how Jokic was treated in the United Center on Tuesday night. Now, does that mean you're going to you know um, do like Tim Hardaway did back in the day? Remember, he took a TV monitor and threw it onto the court. Um, no, but do you, do you do something over the top? Uh, of course, get yourself kicked out. That's a baseline, how you have to handle that. If that's how they're handling your star and you're joking around about it after the game, I did not like that moment from Michael Malone. I didn't. Um, so I thought he should have a ran through a wall for Jokic in that moment. Take the basketball, kick it, do, you know, like, uh, uh um, was that blue chips? <laughs> uh, uh, kick the basketball in the, like do something that you've never done before because we saw something that we've never seen before. And I thought the action um, uh, from Malone didn't even come close to meeting what happened to Jokic. Okay. Um, To the game itself, uh, I'm going to keep it really brief because I want to get to some of these other NBA thoughts. Um, uh, Reggie Jackson did it again. Reggie Jackson was the central reason why they won. Now, is he out there playing one on five? No. But to have 25 points in that spot where Jamal doesn't play after rolling the ankle in the previous game against Atlanta, he doesn't play. Then Jokic gets kicked out, you know, in the first half. The way that Reggie Jackson has continuously stepped up, we've gave him his flowers repeatedly on this podcast, but uh, uh, a duty calls again. I mean, from knocking down threes, 
uh, finishing acrobatically in transition the way – remember? And I wanted to mention this. I had it in my notes, and just sometimes because I'm going solo here, um, I don't have a second to uh, gather thoughts sometimes the way I want to. But he had a finish in the Atlanta game uh, in transition where, like, he is hanging in the air like he's 22 years old and, like, finishes it, like, from his chest waist area and gets it to go in. He, this guy has been fantastic. He has been a central reason why they've won in like three to four games this season. Um, and it was another example, nine of 16 from the floor, five of eight from three, um, you know, six assists to just two turnovers. So you got three to one ratio there. Um, and then the other guy who played really well for a second consecutive night, and I'm, I don't think we've seen him do it on consecutive nights, is Julian Strother, who we spent a lot of time on on Tuesday talking about his performance against the Hawks where um, he became the first rookie in NBA history to uh, make six threes in a game and also finish with five steals um, and, and had 22 points. He follows it up with a four of nine shooting night, made uh, multiple threes, two of five, grabbed six rebounds, which he hadn't pulled down six rebounds um, all season long. So a season high uh, on the glass, efficient um, uh, uh, night scoring it, um, uh, well, you know, you know, four or nine, but yeah, still efficient. Um, but th- three assists, I thought Julian Strother backed up his performance against Atlanta, and it was the first time this season where Strother finishes um, with double figures on consecutive nights. Okay, so uh, a, a really nice little benchmark, um, not turning the corner of consistency or whatever, because we could see him. Um, not hit a shot and 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 have a short leash against the Nets on Thursday night. Um, but for a young basketball player, 21 years old, playing in the best league in the world in the first you know two months of of uh, of this for him, um, really nice little little two game segment there. Uh, okay, um, I want to talk about a couple things um, in the NBA right now. Uh, first of all, uh, an opportunity for Denver to um, win some games at home here. All right. Win some games at home. You have three home games in a row against the Brooklyn Nets on Thursday night, Oklahoma City Thunder on Saturday night, and then Dallas on Monday night. You notice Thursday, Saturday, Monday, there's a day off in between each game. Denver's played a lot of back-to-backs, played a lot of road games. It's an opportunity to be at home with rest. Um, Nets coming into Ball Arena after having played uh, the previous night uh, uh, against Phoenix. Okay, Um, so... Got to win that one. I'll say that. You got to win that one. And then, you know, 3 0 should be the goal here. 3 0 should be the goal here. It was around this time last year where Denver really put their foot on the gas. Okay. And they have an opportunity, especially if Jamal is coming back, and I believe he will be back on Thursday night, um, to uh, really make some hay here. Really make some hay. Um, it looks like uh, six, seven of the next 10 games are in Denver. So, really nice opportunity to get some home cooking. Um, and and put some wins in their pocket. And then the three times they go on the road, not world beaters. Uh, Toronto, Brooklyn, and Charlotte uh, 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 in, in between uh, the two homestands. All right, uh, real quick before we get out of here. Uh, and by the way, I think uh, Nuggets are going to take care of business against the Nets in a serious way on Thursday night. I do not see one person um, on the Nets roster that can guard Jamal Murray. Uh, and I'm expecting Jamer, uh, Jamal to have a big night. Uh, after his season-high 29 against Atlanta, I think he comes back in a big way. I just don't think they have the horses to stay with Jamal. And I'm also expecting Jokic to have a huge night uh, as well. All right, um, uh, real quick, uh, before we get out of here, uh, the Draymond Green stuff uh, and the Giannis stuff. 
uh, quick little thought on both. One, um, Draymond Green is completely out of control and has been out of control. This guy is an absolute loose cannon. Now, of course, he's got the checkered history. Of course, he might have, you could make an argument he cost the Golden State Warriors an NBA title back in 2016 when he hit LeBron in the groin. Okay, he's been um, trouble. All right. Whether you're talking about, I mean, suspended by his own team in the past uh, with his confrontation with Kevin Durant, um, punching Jordan Poole in the face and disrupting and fracturing their team and derailing their season before it ever started uh, before of the 2022 season. Uh, already in 2023, um, he exceeded uh, 16 fouls in, in, in a season and served a suspension. He stomped on the chest of um, a Domitas Sabonis. Uh, of the Kings during that exciting playoff series in last year's playoffs. Just completely unacceptable behavior. Um, he puts Rudy Gobert in a damn chokehold uh, in the first couple games of the NCAA, NCAA tournament, the in-season tournament, um, suspended for five games, and now completely uncalled for hitting uh, uh, Yusef Nurkic in the face um, You know, and his explanation that he was trying to draw a foul. And when, when in the history of the game of basketball, have you ever seen someone draw a foul by turning around and swinging their hands towards another player's face? Um, he has crossed uh, or turned a corner for me. Um, reminds me of Vontez Perfect in the NFL. You are not looking out uh, for your opponent's uh, safety. You have malicious um, a contact uh, now repeatedly. I, you know, I am so done with Draymond Green. Um, I think he's one of the great players that we've seen of his generation, one of the great defensive players. I think he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. But in this moment, looking at these actions, he's out of control, and he's completely hurting the Golden State Warriors. Uh, so I don't like it. I hope he gets, I don't know, 10 games. Give him 10 games. Have him go sit down for a long time um, and make him think twice about doing something like that ever again. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> crazy, th- th- this damn league here. Um the Bucks players confronting the Pacers in the hallway in an effort to get Giannis's 64-point game ball. It's classic NBA soap opera drama. Um, franchise record for the Bucks. Some good players have played for the Bucks, right? Michael Red, Big Dog Glenn Robinson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? Long history there. He should get that game ball. But I think these two teams, they're chippy. They've played like three times in the last two weeks. Um, uh, uh, emotions running high. Um, you know, and, and in the same game, you have Dame Lillard crack the top five all-time NBA made threes. You know, the last thing that ball should go to is that rookie who no one knows his name. Look, if Peyton Manning throws a, a, a franchise record-setting touchdown and a rookie catches it and Peyton wants that game ball, it's not a discussion. Why is this a discussion? Giannis is the greatest player in the history of the Bucks. He set a franchise record. The Pacers were being petty as hell, and... Yeah, I mean, if you are on the side of like, hey, you think that the rookie deserves it because he made a free throw, his first NBA free throw, that is such a weak take, in my opinion. Um, I think it's pretty cut and dry. I think the Pacers were being petty. Uh, these two teams have a little friction, a little heat from being around each other a little bit too much, um, and uh, just silliness. But that's truly, at the end of the day, this isn't like real beef. This is silly NBA stuff. Um, but part of the reason why, in a morbid way, I just I just can't get enough of that league. All right, uh, we're going to leave it there for now, guys. Uh, the Nuggets will, like we talked about, play the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, um, a couple players uh, to watch from the Nets. All right, Cam Thomas for sure 
it has potential to put 30, 40 points on the board. My college teammate from uh, the College of St. Rose, Steve D'Agostino, Dags Basketball is one of his trainers. So I've followed him for quite a while. Um, and he's, uh, he's making a name for himself in the NBA. And of course, we know uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and um, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges. I'm a huge fan of Mikael Bridges. I fawned about him in the, in the past. I'll save uh, your time. But I think they need to pack a lunch after playing down in Phoenix and then flying through the night, coming here into altitude on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, I think the Nuggets get this win, and it will be three in a row. Um, and then beyond that, uh, looking uh, toward the weekend, we kind of just went through it a second ago. But they'll, they're going to turn around and play on Saturday uh, uh, in the evening against Oklahoma City, Monday against Dallas, and then we'll be back here on Tuesday reacting to these games uh, that happen uh, over the course of the weekend. Guys, I hope you're doing great. Thanks for being here. Guys, tell a friend about this podcast. Rate, subscribe, um, leave a comment. Uh, I love to hear from you guys. Hope everyone's doing great. Have a great weekend. Uh, Hopefully the Nuggets uh, get some wins over the weekend. But whatever happens against Brooklyn, OKC, and Dallas, we're going to be back on Tuesday talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.